What's up, everybody? Welcome to Words of Wisdom Podcast, where we're wild with wisdom from all walks of life. I'm Jennifer Brienne, and I serve as your podcast host to bring words, voice, language, and freedom to your world. It's Wednesday, so let's wise up and talk about corrective love. Yes, corrective love. Now, it is my personal and connotative definition of corrective love that corrective love is an uncomfortable love language, okay? It is an uncomfortable language of love. It is does not feel good sometimes it's strong depending on who's delivering and sometimes on based on the perception of the one who's receiving it sometimes it just does not feel good okay but the 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 strength and corrective love is that it's needed right if you have balanced people in your life with balanced opinions people you trust um you have to have corrective love because it, it provides a barrier of understanding, of discipline, of guidance, and a host of other uh, protective faculties that you need for your life. So today I want us to wise up and talk about corrective love. Again, my personal definition is that it is uncomfortable love language. And I really want to drive home the point that it is love. Furthermore, you don't have to worry, you know, is it supported biblically, biblically because it is um, um, the Bible does support the idea of, of corrective love. Sometimes it's referred to doctrinally as rebuke. Um, but still, that is a form of corrective love. There is correction that needs to take place. And because the giver of the corrective love loves the person who needs to receive the corrective love, there is love that takes on um, the brunt, if you will, of the hardness that may be perceived from corrective love. Now, when thinking about corrective love, we have to be sure that we are separating corrective love from from someone who's criticizing me, someone who is uh, who doesn't believe in me, who doesn't support me, who doesn't like me, um, who is against me, who is against my dreams. Because you have to remember that the, it's the love connection that has brought this relationship together and that has allowed correction to flow. We have to keep that in view. And later we'll talk about the types of people that can correct you um, in love. However, I want to make sure that we understand that, you know, corrective love is a form of criticism of constructive criticism but it is sometimes a little stronger again that that's relative to the person but sometimes it's a little deeper right like it may not just be like oh well this is evaluation on your job it's like no this is the decision for your life and it is impactful and it matters and you need to heed wisdom right here okay so what is it what is corrective love um i i believe some tenets of corrective love have to do with the fact that normally Normally, it's done in private. Normally, it's not done openly unless there was an offense or an error that was done openly and the person wants to deal with it openly. Or there is a learning mechanism for a group of people involved that impacts everybody. So it's discussed the mistake, the error, the the misspeaking is, is discussed openly so that we all can learn and grow from it. And if you happen to be the example, don't take it hardly because it's something for everybody to grow from. Everybody got better. You just, you know, happen to be the person um, or your situation or your idea or your answer uh, may be the thing that. Uh, allowed us an avenue to learn and I think that should be an honor and I don't think that should be received shamefully or make you withdraw as a matter of fact um, at a very superficial level one of the best examples I can think of with corrective love is when you get a test back in class there is red marks on the ones that you got wrong a good teacher has marked the correct answer and told you you know why that answer was the correct answer and and then you begin to learn because you remember what you thought or why you thought that answer was the right answer 
answer if you didn't just guess. But then you still have learned what you needed to know in order to master that concept and master that lesson and further, hopefully mastering that course. So again, when you think about taking a test in a classroom and taking a test objectively, there is a form of corrective love because a teacher who doesn't love you, she wouldn't grade your work. She or he would not grade your work. They wouldn't look at your work and help you to grow in your learning. As a matter of fact, they would just say, okay, well, you got it. And send you out into the work world or send you out on the job without having tested your knowledge or grew something in you to be needed for the thing that you're called to do or that you want to put your hands to or that you're trying to be better at or that you want to master. It's very, very, very important that we remember the love piece of this. Okay, Um, you can't necessarily definitively say that your teachers, your instructors, your professors love you. However, when we're talking about this corrective love piece, it does get a little bit more. More intimate it does get a little bit closer to home because corrective love um, wh- whatever you know about it really tends to start at home whatever form of discipline you grew up with um, that was your measure or your degree of corrective love um, because your mother loves you and she doesn't want to see any harm come to you she would tell you don't touch the hot stove um, if your mother really loved you she would try to make amends and, and make a place for you not to have access to touch a hot stove and so that you won't harm yourself. So that's an avenue and a tenant, I believe, of corrective love. It provides you with guidance. It provides you with boundaries. It pl- it provides you with direction. Um, I, I don't want to put anybody else out there. So I'll put myself out and just say that this has been the hardest piece for me in corrective love, following direction, listening to people who have been down the path that I have, that I desire to walk and that I want to be at and, and navigating what they're telling me when they say, well, that's too much or not, or that's not enough or that's not the direction or no, we don't accept that from you and having to listen to that and and allowing it to guide me and direct me on the path to get to my end goal. As far as my doctorate, I have a a mentee, I'm sorry, I'm not a mentee, a mentor who uh, has her doctorate. As a matter of fact, actually, all of my mentors have their doctorate. So it's no shock to me that I'm getting mine. However, uh, this particular mentor has been in my life all of my life. She knows me in and out, up and down, left and right. And, and some of the hardest advice that I've had to receive from her has come through this season of corrective love and getting my doctorate. I've wanted to work. I've wanted to put my hands on stuff. And so having to cut back, say no, sit down and focus has been so hard for me, but she's already walked this path. She can already account for blind spots in this journey that I know nothing of, that she knows that my schedule and my attention need room for, that I need to expand in my growth and my learning. And so it's been hard for me um, in some ways to receive her corrective love because it hurts, right? Corrective love, I don't believe it's really necessarily corrective love if you agree with the correction that you are getting. For instance, um, let's say, you know, uh, mom says, well, you know, not that way, but this way, but that was the way that you wanted to go. It doesn't really hurt. I mean, it, it is a form of correction, but it, I, I, it is a form of instruction. It's not necessarily correction because it's not taking you away from or against the thing that you want to do. I believe correction has taken place when it it's against your will, but there is another avenue of power and authority that has an alternative view, an alternative perspective, an alternative reason for bringing back to you or bringing you back into alignment with a thing that you aspire to do, be, become master. Again, going back to my idea of the test. Well, 
Taking the test, of course you want a good grade, but but greater than having a good grade on the test, you want to make sure that you master that material, that you can use that on the job, that you that you can pass that test so that you can move on to the next level of your learning, so that you can use that information in practice and expertise um, in your future. So greater than uh, A or B, you want to know that you know, and corrective love will realign you with what you need to know, not what you thought you knew, not what you thought was best, and not what you seen as your own. So I really believe that corrective love does most times go against your will. Um, Again, your your heart's desire may be what's best for you, but the decision or the the line of demarcation or the place point in which a choice has to be made, you may not agree with that person or that, you know, response or that rebuttal that's coming against you um, or coming against your will to do the thing that needs to be done. And it's really hard. I mean, I totally get it. Like corrective love does not feel good and that's why my definition of corrective love is uncomfortable language because something is packaged for you in the way that you know you need it but it does not feel good I think the best way to explain my personal definition of corrective love is to think about vegetables I'm vegetarian if you don't know and a lot of people as soon as you say vegetarian they imagine a salad like I eat salads all day as a matter of fact it's 2019 and I can probably count on my hand how many salads I've eaten because it's there's a large variety of foods that you can eat that classify as vegetarian and fit within me getting the nutrients and the vitamins that I need that aren't just salads. But because that is the mentality that most people have of what being vegetarian is, all they think about is like raw carrots and broccoli, particularly. (laughs) So if I am to say, you know, like, no, you can't eat this, you can only eat that, that would go against what they have in their mind uh, as vegetarian. Um, and so it is really, <laughs> it's really kind of funny sometimes to watch people try to understand like how I do this. Like it's just this super hard phenomenon, but guys, to be honest, it's really not. And I'm not going to get on this whole tangent about being vegetarian. My point is that in corrective love, sometimes it does not feel good. You know, vegetables are what you need, but they are packaged and your nutrients and your vitamins are packaged in a way that may not taste good to you because maybe you can't cook. Um, or you don't have the knowledge that you need in order to expand your, your meal palette, but they're packaged in the way that you need, even though it's not in a way that you want. You would prefer that if you, if you bit into that salad, if you bit into that broccoli, if you bit into that carrot, that it tasted like a donut, then there's no correction because you would run to it. You would want that. You go after that, but it doesn't look like or taste the way that you want it to so that of course you run from it. And now I hear my trainer in my head saying, you know, Jennifer, no, you don't need those chips. I'm telling y'all, I'd be a different woman if I if I could put a chip down. But again, <laughs> that's corrective love because my trainer knows that I have body goals. I have health goals. I want to live long upon the earth. So I have to make decisions that align with that. And sometimes we don't always see best. Like we don't always see what's best for us in making decisions and governing our lives and choosing relationships. Um. And so sometimes it's really hard to make that best objective decision, but corrective love will help guide you and align you and direct you or put boundaries around you making those decisions. One of the best things that I love about corrective love, and this is another tenet, is that it provides you with a level of caution, 
right? Like it says, Hey, don't do that because you might be in a great place. You might be in a, in the best place of your life to where you don't have to experience the danger or the harm or the consequence or the weight or the burden or the unnecessary financial strain or struggle, um, or heartbreak. If you just heed wisdom, because corrective love is protecting you from something or putting boundaries around you so that you don't have to see those things outside of those boundaries. And I think that's one of the hardest things to receive about corrective love, because there's that little bitty avenue of curiosity that makes you want to try it. Like it's that little avenue of curiosity that says, well, you know, it won't be that bad. Experience can teach me, but you don't know. So that's why you listen to someone who does know and who and who who either has been there or who can tell you from wisdom not to go there. So that's a reason why we should heed corrective love for sure. I mean, when it all boils down to it, corrective love is a form of discipline. And we have to decide if we are going to heed that form of discipline, if we're going to follow in that form of discipline, or if we are going to take the repercussions that may or may not come from what's on the other side of not listening to that corrective love. But Let's be mindful that the Bible does say that my people perish for a lack of a lack of knowledge and that lack of knowledge. You are not accountable for that if you have been correctively loved because correct corrective love allows for you to be knowledgeable in an area that you may or may not be knowledgeable in. So you you may perish because of the consequences that are on the other side of that because you have knowledge or you have obtained knowledge, obtained knowledge from somebody or somewhere in some way, you know. And so now you're acting as if you don't know, but you don't get to act on the ignorant is bliss thing if you have inquired of knowledge and you received it. All right. So corrective love doesn't it doesn't allow you to lack. It doesn't allow you to go without it. It doesn't allow you uh, to make decisions and um, that are contradictory to your outcomes. And it helps you actually to not fall and to not fail and to not miss the thing that you're trying to do because corrective love has redirected you. It's realigned you. It's placed those boundaries. And then also it's giving you the constraints of the discipline that's included in it. So again, let's just rerun, run through these again. Normally it's done in private. It may feel strong, but remember that you need it. All in all, it is good for you. Remember my example of the vegetables. It may not look good, may not taste good, but it is needed. Um, and it gives you guidance, it places boundaries, it gives you direction, okay? And another reason why you actually need it, the main reason why you need corrective love, there's a lot of reasons that we can go into. But the main reasons that I want to drive home is that more than, um, in addition to the ca- the caution piece, it brings you clarity, right? Um, when you have people in your life who can correctively love you, it makes clear something that was not. It gives you a different perspective on what you didn't know to think of or you didn't consider in the way that they are presenting it to you. Corrective love is so powerful in that it allows you to see yourself in a way, see yourself, see your situation, see the circumstance, the issue, problem, whatever, in a way that you did not know you needed to see it so that you consider the outcomes differently. It makes you reassess and realign your decisions and what you thought was right to get to what you need in order to do the thing that you want to do. We must remember, going back to my initial points at the beginning of this, because I don't want that to get lost and I want that to reiterate, that corrective love 
love, when done properly, it is not against you. It is for you. Remember, it is love. It's strong sometimes in delivery. It's strong sometimes because it hurts. Sometimes it goes against our desires, our wants, what we want in the immediate moment, but it is for your best good. Again, the next thing we're going to talk about is the people that can correctly love, but you need this because it will bring clarity to your life. It'll bring safety um, in areas that you didn't know you needed safety. Look, guys, I do a lot of different things. I have pens to prison ministry. I deal with people who have been molested, uh, raped, and who are going through litigation. So I deal in a lot of different areas that that are potentially harmful, but corrective love says, Hey, no, don't do that. Hey, no, don't go there. Hey, no, don't say that. And so it allows me to stay in an avenue of safety to where I can use my gifts and use my time and, and, um, balance all of the different factors that I want to get and that the people need as well as keeping me safe from harm. And, and that corrective love piece is, is so imperative. Now, let me talk to those of you who are responsible for correctively loving others. It's important important that you take time um, to give people what they need because they need this. It's important that you take time to figure out how to communicate to them. You need to listen to how they want to be heard and how they are best communicated to because if you take the time to do that, then your messages will, will receive on a bed of love in their heart and not on like a harsh rebuke and, and then you got these feelings of oh well you're just criticizing me or oh you just don't like me or oh you're just just not for me and oh you just don't want to even live my best life and you don't want the best for me that way those feelings aren't hurt but the meat if you will um the weight of the precaution the weight of the correction so that they can be on the path and get the outcome that they want is heard over the hurt or the sting in the heart and in the ear of the hearer because you don't want to do more damage in correcting somebody than you do harm because then they will shut off you and the information. So even if the warning um, or the information comes from someone else, the correction, they won't receive it. And now you're stuck. Now you got somebody that's stuck because they've shut off the person. They shut off the message and they can't get better. They can't grow. Think about the student who gets that paper back, who gets that math lesson back with the corrections and with the proper steps and with the correct equations or numbers and they don't receive it. And now they need to go on in life building upon the lesson that they should have learned, but they can't because they're still stuck on a lesson that they never received. And you don't want to be that person that's responsible for breaking somebody or stifling and stunting somebody's growth in that way. So being patient, being slow to hear, being making sure you're watching your words with full of grace and full of love and making sure that your communication is not corrupted in any way whether you know that means that you are cussing somebody or that you're demeaning the person or the or the situation no matter how passionately you feel about it you have to make sure that you are approaching the situation in love on all aspects and I want to emphasize that and I'll put myself out there I deal with women uh, particularly women who have been hurt um, emotionally, sexually, spiritually in some way. 
And so even though those are areas of passion for me and I kind of get stirred up as this girl is telling me how her dad or some crazy man at a party did this to her and how she's being victimized and called a lot, how that charges something in me to want to help her. I have to make sure that I handle her and in love, making sure that, you know, it's love that watches my words and it's grace and kindness that draws out the wisdom and the correction, if any need be in the area so that she can navigate that situation in litigation and in poison and grace the way that it should be carried out you know of course I have strong words for the people in the spirits against um the agenda of what I am for as far as establishing kingdom covenant hashtag however I think it's also imperative that that I make sure that I am in a position to hear the hearer and to provide words of wisdom and words of correction in love it's so imperative that we do not forget to operate in love guys okay so now let's talk about the people who can do it because I was just kind of gave my intro story about you know me and corrective love um I have a couple of people that I in my life that have given me permission to correctively love them and so I don't take that job lightly and I make sure that I've I've cut like made myself accustomed to their communication preferences styles mechanisms you know some of you guys who are mothers you may only reach that daughter or that son through a text message on some on serious matters or that's the the kid that you have to call to the front room and sit down on the couch you know or that may be the spouse that they don't need you know um they don't really necessarily want you to address them in front of the kids perhaps they want to go take a walk in the park and that's where we get away and we deal with the heavy things of life or perhaps you have a friend that you see going down a path or making decisions with this person that they're all heads over heels for and you need to to get out of the rose-colored glasses to see that he or she is no good that they're for their money that they're for their status they're there for all the wrong reasons and you want to make sure you communicate that you need to know what their communicator style is and how they best receive you or who they best receive I think sometimes we kind of overstep our own boundaries and thinking that you know we are the person that the other person would best receive and in fact y'all are actually just Facebook friends that wasn't really your place to go and even though your heart was right like you weren't the person that needed to deliver the message so make sure that you are the person that's designated to deliver the message again as I as I started the statement I said that people have given me jurisdiction in their life to correctively love them if I see fit right and so I don't take that lightly nor do you abuse the privilege um so um there there are a couple of different relationships that I have that I've given people you know the jurisdiction to correct me and for me that would be my pastors they over shepherd they they under shepherd my soul my spirit and they have correctively loved me in some ways that um I appreciate that did not feel good in the moment but I'm so much better for it I'm so much sharper I think twice and and I make better decisions because of their their continual correction in love as well as their trust and then the um the reevaluation of a relationship and then like the the standing and and the reconnection and the taking up of love and continuing on you know after the matter that has really communicated to me the the strong effects of corrective love i think i've learned it most in the body of Christ, in the house of the Lord, more than anywhere else. Because on your job, I mean, they can just write you an evaluation and fire you. And I've never been fired, but I've seen the process of termination and actually been in this, the decision-making shoes of having to, to terminate. But I think the depth of corrective love and it's saving me, I'm not going to cry, but it's saving me from making like 
life-altering, horrible decisions I'm so eternally grateful for. So my pastors had that jurisdiction over my life. Um, I think leaders of your life. I've made mention of mentors. I have more than one, but I have mentors for different reasons. I don't have a million. Um, everybody does not have jurisdiction to my life, but they have the, they have the ability to influence my life and influence my decisions correctively and and I believe it and receive it as constructive criticism so um my my leaders and my mentors and I and I use that word um both synonymous both synonymously but meaning different things because I have mentors who are designated roles in my life some for seasons of my life but then there are also leaders who I consider leaders who they don't they may not necessarily know and as a matter of fact I don't know that I've ever voiced it to them but if they were to come to me in corrective love, I would receive it well because of how I honor and revere them. And let me tell you guys this. I, I was listening to um, Apostle Brian Meadows and his definition for honor is um, a rightful, a rightful respecting of honor and rank. No, no, no. A rightful. Yeah. A rightful response to uh, to rank and representation. And so I hope I got that right. I didn't confuse you, but I thought it was a really great definition of honor. And so because I've never heard it explained that way. But these are people that I honor. So I believe that if there are people in your life that you have relationship with and that you honor, they have the ability to correctively love you because they have a seat in your heart of admiration and honor that it would not that you revere and respect their wisdom and their words. So it would not be received so negatively as if one of your peers or someone that you feel is beneath you in your level of expertise or beneath you in your level of healing or spirituality. Um, these people would be good for you um, to allow that avenue and that relationship to evolve so that they can correctively love you. I think that that's important. And I think those that you trust, you know, our family, we trust our moms, our dads, um, our loved ones, our siblings, whether they're older or younger. We trust, you know, them, even our children. I personally don't have uh, children, but, you know, sometimes your children can call you to the forefront. I've seen kids say some things to their parents and I'm like, the, the kid is right. You should listen to that child. That child um, has a pure, authentic, corrective love out of innocence and a little bit of ignorance. But they know enough um, to correct you and you shouldn't just shut them down because they are your child and they love you from a different avenue so again the balance of corrective love is people in your life seeing you from different angles your friends are not going to see you the same way that your mom does because there's a different type of love relationship there even if your mom is your friend your spouse is not going to see you the same way that the church members does because there's a different deeper more intimate love there so the correction may be different so we have to make sure that we are open to receiving corrective love that we have people in our life that can give us corrective love and that if we are the ones to give corrective love that we do so in what love love in all ways in our demeanor and our expression and our nonverbals and the setting that it takes place you have to be sure that you make sure that people are receiving the best of you for the best of them and I think that's so imperative that we make sure that people are receiving the best of us 
for the best of them. And I think once we receive that, that it's not about, you know, who's right or who's wrong, that it, it's the matter and the person and their livelihood that's at stake, that that means the most. So again, um, corrective love in my connotative definition, it is love in an uncomfortable language. And sometimes, and most times when we have to have those uncomfortable conversations in love, the outcome of someone heeding that, that's what we want. We want somebody to heed that for their good. It's beautiful. And we see them flourish and grow in the way that they should. So hopefully guys, that we wised up today and we learned something about corrective love that's needed. And I hope that you've tapped into evaluating yourself, evaluating your relationships and evaluating the people and why you need corrective love. If you haven't received corrective love in a long time, I would precaution you to evaluate yourself because you need to be hearing somebody because we are not always right, nor are we perfect. So sometimes we need that, whether on a a large end of the spectrum, a deep end of the spectrum, a shallow end of the spectrum or a small way. Make sure, guys, that you are continually growing and that you have people who can and will do so correctively love you in love that's it for today guys i love you guys if i need to be correctively loved uh concerning my podcast or anything that i say or do please do so because i'm open to that until next time guys i love you all peace love and hair grease